Fun fact, I love birthdays. I love celebrating people. But if your birthday party includes bringing a physical gift, I'm freaking out. I'm considering not coming. And it has nothing to do with the monetary value of the gift. Here's another example. I love the holiday season. But if there is some sort of gift exchange or there's the expectation that you have to provide a nice gift for each person on your friends list or family list, I freak out. Why? Because gifts are really difficult for me. I don't mind spending money. I don't mind putting time and attention into a gift. But the thought, the thought of physically buying gifts freaks me out. Why? Because it's not connected to my heart. I'm not a great recipient of gifts unless it's based off of an inside joke or super personalized. But if you buy me a pair of shoes just because you think I'll like the shoes, or if you buy me some sort of bag just because you think I need a bag, or if you buy me a gift card just because you're like, "Mm, I think she would like a gift card because she's really hard to shop for, that's not my jam. But if you came up to me and said, Monica, I got you concert tickets. I can't wait to hang out with you in Las Vegas as we see Katy Perry. Okay. If you said to me, Monica, I rented this movie on the hula and I can't wait to watch it with you on Friday night so we can teach your de-stress, I'd be like, oh, heck yes. What's interesting is that Katy Perry ticket costs money. Renting that movie on the Hulu costs money. But do you know what the underlying thing that made my heart so happy was? That I got to spend time with you. Friends, I think the way that we are wired plays a huge role in the way that we connect with other people. And as teachers, the way that our hearts and our heads are wired play a huge role in the way that we connect with kids. And oftentimes we're like, man, they're not motivated. Man, I'm having a hard time reaching that student. Wow, why can't I build a relationship with that person or that student or that staff member? And the big question is, do you know how their specific heart and how their specific head are wired? Do you know what motivates them? Because there are different ways that all of us respond And that's what I want to dive into in this episode. You might know this concept as love languages. Perhaps you've read a book or heard of the concept of a love language. But what I want to do is take this to a whole nother level and talk about how when we learn how people are wired, it changes everything. And that means that it can change our classrooms. I'm so excited to dive into this episode. I'm confident that you will want to be taking notes. I'm confident that what you hear in this episode will absolutely be a game changer for the relationships, for the connections, for the motivation and the engagement of your classroom. I don't know if I've been as fired up for an episode as I have been for this one in a very long time. Let's get into it. There is awesome in every single school day. So here is the big question. 
How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education, celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question, and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta, and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. Rewards and consequences are pretty common in schools. Most schools have some sort of disciplinary system and most schools have some sort of reward system. And I love a system. I love structure. I love strategy. But I think sometimes we can get frustrated with these reward and consequences systems because we're like, they're not working. For example, Maybe you have given like a lunch detention before and the student comes in and they're talking with you and they're excited to be there and they brought their lunch box and they're like, sweet lunch detention. And you're like, listen, this is not a cool hangout time. You're in here because you weren't following the expectations, but they are so excited because in their heart and in their head, They're spending quality time with you. They are in your presence as a teacher during their lunch hour. They don't see this as a consequence. They see this as a reward. Let's look at a reward system. Maybe you had this really exciting reward opportunity and you were going to get a star crunch for all of your students if they fulfilled this goal. And you're like, oh, baby, the star crunch, little Debbie is coming to the party. And you got those Rice Krispies with the chocolate, with the caramel, and the students meet the goal. So you bring in the star crunches and you get to one kid and they're like, no, thank you. And you're like, what? You're like, I don't, I don't want one. You're like, oh my God, are you allergic to chocolate? I'm so sorry. And they're like, no, I just, I have star crunches at home. I don't really care about a star crunch right now. I don't really want one. And you're like, what? Who doesn't want to start crunch? And you're like, why will you not accept this gift? This is a gift. Let me give you one. And they're like, nah, I'm good. The reason why I bring up these two examples, one of a reward system and one of a disciplinary system, is because oftentimes the way our kids are motivated or the way that our kids feel loved or that the way our kids respond to these systems is not based off of, sweet, I won the Cheetos. Sweet, you told me I did a good job. Sweet, I get to come and hang out with you during a detention. It's not about the thing. It's about the feeling that the thing elicits. And I think that's a really, really important thing for us to look at as a teacher. Does your reward system and does your disciplinary system align to the five major categories that exist when it comes to how students respond, how students are wired. If you have learned or read about love languages as an adult, this exact same concept can be applied to our classroom. So let me kind of give you a breakdown. 
I told you at the beginning of this episode that I love a concert. I love a movie night. I love a board game night. I love just having a small group of people over for dinner. That's my jam. If my mom said, Monica, what do you want for your birthday? I don't want a bag. I don't want shoes. I don't want an Aldi gift card. All of those are lovely. And I'm going to be so appreciative, mom, if you get me an Aldi gift card. But my favorite gifts are when I get to spend quality time with the people I love. In fact, last year, my mom, God love her, she knows this. What did she get me for my birthday? Tickets to The Price is Right. That's right, baby. Now, I didn't get to come on down and be a contestant on The Price is Right. But I got to go and do like a live uh, taping of the show. It was super fun. Me and my mom and my dad went. It was great quality time. Afterwards, we went out for sushi. And I love sushi, but it had nothing to do with sushi. It was that I got to dine with my parents. It was great quality time. I feel most loved when people value time. Drives me crazy when meetings start late. It drives me crazy when um, people cause me to be late for an event. It drives me crazy when time is not valued because my number one way that people can make me feel loved is choosing quality time activities, maximizing time. Maybe you're like, I cannot resonate with that, Monica. I'm pretty loosey-goosey. I'm five minutes late for a meeting. No big deal. Somebody's 20 minutes late for a dinner party. I don't really care. Like, don't really like going places with people. That's that, that might not be how you're wired. Okay, so let's break down the other four categories. Maybe you're that person who loves it. When somebody says, hey, I filled up your car for you. And I got all of the nasty bugs off your windshield. Girl, during your commute, you get all them nasty bugs, but I cleaned your windshield. And you're like, thank you so much. Or like, hey, I know that this week is really busy, so we food prepped you the lasagna. And you're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Or like, hey, it's fall. All the leaves got raked. We didn't want you to have to do that. We took care of that for you. Some of us love an act of service. Somebody is performing a task for you and your heart just explodes with that. Awesome. That means you're valuing some sort of help, some sort of service that maybe you didn't want to do. That gets you really fired up in a positive way. Maybe you're somebody who just loves a high five. You love a hug. You love a snuggle. You love a handhold. You love a pat on the back. Like you just feel so valued and so loved with some sort of physical touch. That is one of the major love languages. Maybe you are a gift person. Like, are you kidding me, girl? If somebody gets me that new Cole Hawn bag, I'm real excited. If somebody gets me that new pair of sneakers that I've been wanting so I can do CrossFit or run this 5K, oh my gosh, I would be so thrilled. Oh my gosh, if my spouse or my significant other got me exactly what I wanted, that new air fryer, I really wanted that new air fryer because we're going to make all kinds of chicken tenders in that air fryer XL, maybe that's you. You love a gift. You love that material thing. And people are like, ah, oh, but I'm not materialistic. It's not like that, girl. You just love a material gift. Cool. That lights you up. 
good. Celebrate it. The fifth category is words. You listen to every word that somebody says to you. Whether it's positive or negative, you hold on to that word. You remember it. When somebody writes you a card, you keep that card forever. When you are writing a card, you're very conscientious and intentional about the words that you use. You can remember how those words make you feel and they motivate you. If a principal comes in and says, you are doing such a good job with that interactive differentiated lesson, you're like, oh, yes, I can't wait to do more of them because that person told me I was doing a good job and you're going to go and run with it. So if you are not in tune with the way that you are wired, let me ask you, what, which of those five categories really resonated with you? Was it the acts of service, somebody helping you do a task? Was it quality time where you just want to be with somebody? You just want to spend quality time with somebody important in your life? Is it the physical touch that you're like, man, a good long hug after a hard day really allows me to hit reset? Maybe it's the words of affirmation that the praise really gets you going the praise and the positive just connection in terms of written or oral communication really lights you up or that the gift the concept of like oh I love Christmas time because I love unwrapping gifts I love getting something that was on my wish list I love when somebody clears out my Amazon wish list What's so interesting is all of these things are interconnected, but we see them from different angles. So what way are you wired? And now that you know which one connects most to you, the question is, can we start to recognize this in our students? If we can start to recognize this in our students, then that means that we can leverage that for learning. Because once we know how each of our students are wired, that determines the rewards and that determines the consequences as well. And that's what I want to get into in the next part of this episode is how can we take love languages and leverage them for learning for all of our students. Now, speaking of loving things, I want to tell you about something that I love using in my classroom, and it connects to so many of these love languages. It's called 180 Days of Awesome SEL. It is 180 full, engaging, interactive, planned for you lessons so you can teach and reach kids in your SEL morning meeting, advisory, or homeroom. I understand that finding a good SEL curriculum and good SEL resources really hard these days. And that's exactly why I took all 180 full lessons that I use with my own students in my classroom and said, you know what? I think other teachers would love to use these as well. Everything is planned for you. All of the links are embedded, all of the videos, all of the questions, literally it is ready to go so you can build great rooted relationships on a social and emotional learning level with your students. You can check out 180 Days of Awesome SEL at monicagenta.com forward slash 180 SEL. 
I'm gonna put a direct link for that in the show notes so you can easily access this after you have listened to this episode. But again, that's available at monicagenta.com forward slash 180 SEL. I promise that you will love these lessons and your students will love these lessons so much. Check out 180 Days of Awesome SEL today. So let's dive in. Now that we have a foundation of how these different areas work, I want to take a look specifically at the context of a classroom. So let's take something like acts of service. We know that kid who wants to pass back papers. They want to help teach a lesson. They want to run an errand to the library for us. If you have that kid who wants to help you, they're desperate to help their friends, that's a clear indicator that acts of service is really, really important to them. So how can we use that to our advantage? For example, uh, let me give you one from my actual classroom. I have a student, um, she's been struggling emotionally and something pretty traumatic happened in this student's life. I know that acts of service are really, really important to her. I know that she wants to help everyone. She is the first one to say, I will wait to work on my homework because I want to help the student who got a little bit behind. So that's a clear indicator. This is important. Well, I knew on a social and emotional level that the student has been pretty disengaged and is just dealing with a lot of traumas from some home stuff. So I thought, how can I make this student feel very, very loved? How can I do something that is not going to take a ton of time? It's not going to take a ton of effort, but would mean so much to her. So I said to her, hey, I have this idea. Would you like to co-teach a lesson with me next week? She's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, so next week I'm going to need another pair of hands. And I didn't know if during the lesson... I'll be on the Promethean board. You can be on the whiteboard and we can kind of like tag team this. Like you could be my co-teacher. Her face lit up and she's like, oh my gosh, I love this idea. I would love to do that. And I thought, that's not that big of a deal. To me, that's not that big of a deal. To her, that was a huge deal. She wanted to help me out and this was a perfect opportunity to just let it shine. In fact, after I let her do that, uh, she sends me emails all the time. When do you think I could lead another lesson with you? Do you think that you're going to need some help coming up? And I'm like, all right, boom. This girl is an acts of service girl. Let me give an example of quality time. I think there are those students who are desperate to spend more time with us. It's the kid who shows up at your door in between every single class period. It's the kid who arrives early, wants to basically miss their bus because they want to maximize as much as time possible. In your reward store, as a goal, could you set up a time where it's like, hey, I'm not buying you a lunch. I'm not buying you anything because we know that they're not gifts kids. But what I will do is give you the greatest gift that I have, which is time. And I will spend some quality time with you, not in a lunch detention way, but in a celebration kind of way. You can bring your lunchbox. 
You can even invite a friend if you want, and we can play Uno during the lunch hour. You and me, we're going to hang. We can listen to music. We can chat. What do you want that time to look like? Could you offer that as a reward? Maybe quality time is not with you. Because there's another, there's another aspect to this with students. It's that they value quality time with their peers. Which is why when you give them a lunch detention, it's not that they're super mad that they have to spend time with you. It's that you took away their quality time to hang out with their peers during the recess. So maybe quality time is something where it's like, listen, I'm not real motivated to hang out with you during lunch. But if I could hang out with my friend and move seats for the last 10 minutes of class, maybe on a Friday, I get to pick where I want to sit. I get to pick to be with my BFF or in an upcoming game, you're going to intentionally partner me with my school BFF so we can spend some quality time while learning. There's so many ways to incorporate that, but the question is, have you identified which students are quality time people? Next one is physical touch, and this one is is obviously a unique one in a school setting, and this one definitely has specific parameters for obvious reasons, but like that fist pump, that kid who wants to give you a high five, that middle school who wants to dab me up, dab me up, dab me up. And if you're like, what does dab me up mean? If you're a middle school teacher, you hear your kids say this all the time. It's like a high five clap sort of remix thing. If your kids want to dab you up, or if your kids want a high five, or if you've got that maybe elementary kid who is just always in your bubble, they are always wanting to touch shoulders with you. They are that kid who maybe if you're a preschool kindergarten teacher, they want to like sit on your lap during carpet time. They want to be close because proximity matters. Okay, so how can you use that to your advantage? How can you sell the seats in your circle time? What I mean by that is if you are doing, you know, uh, reading a picture book together and you're doing like a close reading thing, how can you use the two spots right next to you? The spot to your left on the carpet, that spot to the right on the carpet. Or if you're sitting at a horseshoe table, who's that person who gets to sit closest to the teachers during small group instruction? How can you, quote, sell those seats next to you for those kids who proximity is really important to them. Words of affirmation. Have you got postcards in your desk drawer, in your teacher desk drawer? Do you have a fatty stack of postcards that are just waiting to be written to those students who love words, who need that boost, who who are going to take that postcard that you said, dear Anastasia Hammer Time. That's my favorite. When I give examples in my classroom, that's the name I use, okay? Dear Anastasia Hammer Time, I wanted to let you know that in class today, you were absolutely nailing those math problems. I loved seeing you calculate those multiplication two-step problems. You were doing such a great job. I can tell you're working so hard. Keep up the great work. Love, Miss Jenta. 
BFF, Miss Genta, whatever, however you want to sign that, okay, with love, Miss Genta, whatever you want to sign that postcard as, do you have a stack of those ready and waiting to be filled out for those kids who need words? That's one of my favorite things to do is I kind of set a goal and I keep a, a stack of postcards and I, I try to do at least one per week. And what's interesting is these kids can lose their math homework. These kids can lose their their Bach, also known as their book of choice. They can lose everything. But what they never seem to lose are those postcards that were personalized because they contained words of affirmation. That is cool. Finally, gifts. Does your reward store, does your candy jar, does your, you know, ticket system if you have one does it reflect gifts that kids are actually motivated for are they into the hot cheetos in your classroom are they into the takis in your classroom are they into the festive little pencil top erasers in your classroom are poppet bracelets still hot in your classroom what are little toys or trinkets or things that you couldn't sell at your rummage sale all that shit that literally couldn't sell at your rummage sale Have you taken that and provided that as a gift that is going to motivate a kid? I love these five categories because it just causes us to think about rewards and consequences differently. How do we get kids to know which one they are in? Simply by doing a little explanation of these. What a perfect advisory or homeroom or SEL activity that you could do with kids. You're like, yeah, but how do we know, Monica? Tell your kids about the five categories and then give them a note card. Have them write their name on the note card and say, after I've explained these, which is you? Which one did you connect with most? And some kids might have a few because quality time is definitely the one that I like the most. But words are really important to me. All right? Also, be aware that there might be something that kids want the most of, but they're really good at giving something else. Right? So, I want quality time. I want words of affirmation, but I can give a killer hug. I, with family and friends, I just will do, and potentially it's maybe an awkwardly long hug, but it's one of those things where people are like, oh my God, Monica, you give the greatest hugs. I'm like, thank you. So just because you want it doesn't mean that that's what you're best at giving. So have a conversation with kids. Then ask them, which is you? How are you wired? What makes you feel most loved? And how can I literally help you receive that do you have any ideas leave it open-ended my god what a powerful question to ask kids what's your top way that you are wired another way to say that is what's your top love language how can I most provide that for you in the context of a classroom setting you have literally just determined your reward and consequence system in your classroom using data 
driven decision making that is connected to a heart that is connected to a head and that will absolutely revolutionize how kids are engaged how kids are motivated how kids connect with you the depth of the relationship that is going to get built with you all because we know how we feel most loved how we receive that love and how we give that love to other people oh yes friends If you haven't personally read the book called Love Languages, check it out. Uh, If you haven't ever done this with students, get it in your lesson plan book. Legit. Get it in your lesson plan book. Because I think one of the greatest things that that I utilize in my classroom, people are like, Monica, like, how, how do your kids stay positive? How do you have kids managed so well? It's really nothing that that I'm doing that you're not doing. It's just one of those things where it's like, I can point to a kid and be like, that's that's the way they're wired. That's the gift that I need to give them. That's, oh, they need some words today. Oop, I need to help them with something. Because as soon as you can recognize that in your students, you can deliver that to your students. Ooh, talk about great relationship building friends i hope you have loved this episode i hope that if you were familiar with the concept of love languages this has brought it up to a whole nother level for you if this is a brand new concept i hope that your ears are open and your eyes are just like popping out of your head because you can't get enough of this if you loved this episode hit pause Leave a quick written review on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you want more of this, also be sure to check out 180 Days of Awesome SEL because this activity, talking to kids about love languages, is a great one. But if you need 180 full SEL lessons for your advisory morning meeting, I got you covered. I love doing this podcast with you. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Until next week, friends, keep enjoying living this teacher life.